Welcome to Pack Your Bags with Tui. I'm Russell Kane. This is the travel podcast where I speak to legends from the worlds of sports, food, science and entertainment, more, all areas. And we chat about their greatest travel adventures and misadventures and how these experiences have enriched their lives. And it's quite a simple idea. Over the episode, they must reveal their three must-pack items. Could be a nostalgic memento, might be something practical. It's always very revealing. The highlight so far for me would be the moist toilet tissue of Babatunde Aleshi, which sort of revealed much more of his personality than it meant to. But it certainly will give insight into what drives them and how they see the world. I also do a little passport check, which I've been pretending has got something to do with destinations and what travel means to them emotionally. It's not, it's just a shallow excuse to gawp and laugh at what is normally quite a private thing. You, you, can, you sort of really resist someone looking at your passport photo, not today. And to polish it off, there will be quick fire round at the end where people will say things they regret and then I leave in the edit even if they beg me not to. And this episode, I'm joined by food critic and podcaster, Grace Dent. Grace, <laughs> I'm serving you up. I'm putting you into the garnish. I'm sprinkling you with parsley. Welcome oh. to Pack Your Bags. How are you? I'm so happy to see you because you are a, you're always a ray of sunshine. Oh, that's nice, isn't no, it? No, you are. You're looking good. Are you, are you doing something different? Um, I've gone blonde. Blonde? Um, I've stopped drinking. I've started weightlifting. What's driven um, that? Because I think I've got to that certain age where just s- continuously doing cardio was doing nothing for me. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's boring you get as this, well. Oh, just running on my road to nowhere, just running and running and mm. running, then having a piece of cake and putting all the calories it's back gotta on. Be, it's got to be tough being a food critic and staying in shape. Those, they're like opposite things, aren't they? You know, one of my biggest ambitions is just to not die of gout. That's good. That's a, are you the first person that's come on with a Tudor ambition? <laughs> <laughs> it's to, mine is to go swan hunting after Michaelmas. <laughs> We're talking about travel experiences um, yeah. and you bought your three must-pack gardens. But before that, yes. it's passport check. Now, let me have a little look at this beauty. Now, what is going on here? What's this photo? I always look dreadful in my passport because they don't let me have any of the bells and whistles that um well you know that kind of distract people from how ugly i am right i am <laughs> bloody hell i darling the first I, guest to body shame yourself i am a six but i can be an eight but i need a good run up to it and the thing <laughs> is that passports they don't allow me to have that you know like they 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 flatten my hair they uh they don't like too much makeup they don't like me to do the smiles mm. but if you look a few pages on in oh, my yeah. passport what that is one of the proudest things that ever happened to me i think in my entire life What's right this, some sort of visa or something okay so i now have a visa to work in America, you have to jump through hoops for it, right? You have to go to the American embassy. They're very rude to you, but eventually you get this visa. The Americans have let me use one of my promo shots as my picture. If you can see that picture... I can. It's like, you know, I thought it was I look, Pamela Anderson. I know, it looks like Pamela Anderson because it took up a team of about seven people to get me looking like that. So that I, I bloody love that picture. It's worth going to America just to get off Go to, you know those rude people that are on the desk when you get to America who are yeah. just really sarcastic? Just to open it up and go, have you seen how fit I am? Yeah, You're probably, <laughs> that'll probably lead to a full cavity search for being cheeky. I know, but sometimes that's the nicest part of the stage. Oh, true, isn't it? it? Yeah. Are you really sure you don't want to check again? (laughs) Okay, and what's your your sort of proudest stamp, would you say, in the passport then? The weirdest, most far-flung, obscure, or 
a trip that means something. Cuba, maybe. Right. I went to Cuba, but the thing was, I think I got engaged in Cuba, and I'm not married to that person anymore. So it's kind of spoiled it. What were you doing in Cuba? We haven't had anyone talk about Cuba yet. Uh, drinking a lot of rum and a lot of uh, a lot of mojitos, which I've heard now you should never drink mojitos in Cuba. Apparently, that's just the only only gangsters uh, drink. No way. So you didn't enjoy, you did not go out exploring in Cuba then or were you just in a resort? I was in a resort and I don't think we saw very much in Cuba. Do you know why? I was just too lost in the magic of love. Right. And are you an emotional traveller? No, because they say you can travel around the world, but you can never travel away from whatever state of mind you're in. Now, I do believe that's utter poppycock because I've been having a bad week, got on a plane to Mauritius. Let me tell you, within two days I was fine. (laughs) So it's just not, it's clearly not true, is it? Right. It's just not true. So, I mean, I've spent time in Jamaica and in, you know, in beautiful places in America. And I spent time all all around the world. You have to get your own head in order. If we're being very deep here. We are. We go deep. Right. Wherever you go, you're still going to be there. Yeah, but you're there, but drunk and hot. (laughs) (laughs) Right, let's dive into that hand luggage for the first item. So... My first item is a jar of coffee. Now, you will... We're going to get on. You'll notice it isn't gold blend. It isn't Maxwell House. It is the crappest, cheapest, £2 for 200 grams jar of coffee, right? And I'll I'll tell you why. Please do. I travel loads with work and I hate being at the mercy of other people oh to God. deliver me I'm, I'm, my coffee. I'm the, I'm the same. I can't, I can't do it. You know when I arrive somewhere and there's no coffee in the room and you suddenly think, well, I'm going to wake up in the morning and I'm at the mercy of somebody else setting up breakfast downstairs and you don't know what time that starts. And then you start looking at your phone, trying to find a Starbucks, trying to find anything. One of the reasons I've never done, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. Oh my God, you're saying all the things I've said. You're going to say about coffee. Yes. Do you know, I've even thought of a plan where I was going to pretend (gasps) I was on medication for my skin and swap out um, oxytetracycline for acne for Pro Pro Plus Plus. caffeine pills to sneak them in. Darling. I had the same... Do you know, I feel tearful. That is so weird. That is so weird. And anyone who knows me, I'm staying today. I managed to get a deal on a five-star hotel around the corner. I still packed in my bag, even Mm. though I'm in London, in a posh hotel... Coffee. Yes, yes. It's in there. I know that if I was in the jungle, I don't care if people see me with no makeup. I don't care. Without you caffeine. Put, put, put Matt Hancock in. I, can, I will gel along with him. It's fine, right? Are you horrible without coffee? I start to get a flickery eye. So I would be in the jungle like this, <laughs> trying to jung, you know, trying to wink at everyone. It makes me feel like everything's going to be all right if I can just have this coffee. So I'm on board with everything except why the cheapy jar of be- instant? Because I want to be able to get it into my system in a hurry. Right, so you wouldn't even want to wait for a brewing. No, I love to get up in the morning at 5am and make almost a pint of gold blend. I'm with you. And then just stare into the abyss of life, (laughs) right? And drink that. And uh, I find, like, I've got a really amazing coffee machine at home, like, ridiculously opulent coffee machine. And I find that it makes... It's so strong that I honestly, I feel like I'm at Turnmills or something in like 1990. 
I am, Reach I'm for the like lasers. You. No, but Grace it, it is, is my drug. It, it, mm. It's Coffee is my drug. I'm a hyper responder to caffeine. My business model is caffeine plus hairspray. End of business model. I don't drink now and I'm completely clean in everything that I do But not do your coffee. You're now. dirty with your coffee. coffee That's filth. Nescafe. Is my last thing. Yeah. Right, let's talk about, <laughs> let's get back to travel. <laughs> When it comes to travel, what what's your priority? What drives you to see the world? Is it food that, that gets yeah. you on the aeroplane primarily? Let's Always. talk about that. The thing that makes me travel is that after a certain age, I realised that everything about um, reincarnation and coming back and having another life and... Uh, there always be in time tomorrow and the infinite possibility is rubbish. Yeah, poppycock. Total rubbish. It's the credit card for spirituality and you're yes. never going to pay it off. And this idea that, oh, at some point I will go to Tunisia, at some point I will go to Morocco, I'll go to Canada, I would love to... You have to do it. And if you don't experience it, there is a very, very strong possibility. People worry about growing old. You may not even get that privilege, mm. right? You have to do these things. So that, that I'm sorry, that sounds quite sad, but it's like I, when my parents both got old and started to, you know, they're both dead now. When I was going through that, I would make myself, when I had a small amount of time, it really propelled me to just go, right, I'm going to Portugal. I've never been to Portugal. And, you know, in our jobs, you do get offered lovely little things. And mm. you I thought, no, I'm, I'm bloody going. I don't care if I'm by myself. It's this idea that I want to taste these, I want to taste an amazing tagine in Morocco, you know. Have, to, sorry yeah. to interrupt, have so, you been to Morocco? Because yes. it's cropped up again and again yeah. and again in this series. <laughs> um, and by coincidence, before I was even started work on this series, I had a Marrakesh trip penciled in. It's coming up in the next two weeks. It's fun. And people just keep talking about Morocco. What is it about this place? The beautiful hotels are so gorgeously, opulently beautiful that it's like paradise. When you go out into the streets and experience real life, it's the biggest culture shock. It's so full on and it and, and noisy and sandy and herby and spicy and shouty and windy streets and it's just oh, like man, it sounds <gasps> awesome. And uh, I bet the coffee is sick. and the coffee <laughs> <laughs> and the coffee's incredible and the people are lovely and they're pleased to see you. It's a bit hairy in places. It's like mm. but then so 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 are my favourite people. So's Hackney. <laughs> so's Hackney. So true. You yeah. Know, yeah. That. It makes me laugh when Londoners go. Is it safe? I was like, have you? Okay, I'm doing You've been to <laughs> Exactly. That was brilliant. What a wonderful, evocative um, description. So we know mm. now the accomplished Grace Dent, the globe-trotting, distinguished palette Grace Dent, but yeah. you started life in Carlisle. Yes. Okay. What sort of holidays did you go on as a kid? <laughs> well, I mean, a lot of the time it was a static caravan, like 20 miles from Carlisle in a place called Silleth on Solway. Uh, but to me, the happiest times of my life. You mm. know, I don't think there's anything 
Did you spend time in caravans when you were... Yeah, I finally got on an aeroplane when I was 12, but before Mm. that it was Devon. So we would have the six-hour drive from London (laughs) in the sleeping bags in the back of the car, and we'd have like one or two weeks in Devon in the static caravan. Opening the door of the caravan and the foisty, plasticky smell of the caravan and finding out that the bed folded down and there was a, a dining table that folded out from that and going to the caravan shop and getting some tinned spaghetti and eating though, it on it? toast and exciting. then going to an arcade where yes. you put two pence pieces in and you can get 10 regals at king size with a five pound note staple to it and all of this was fantastic so that you know that was and then pontins mm. dance with your dad competitions and you know the food was lumpy mashed potato and you know fish slice not fish fish slice what is the <laughs> difference between fish and a fish slice it's some kind of uh you know non non-specific piece of some type of fish reconstituted and put batter on it but these things were delicious my first time of going abroad was by coach now in about the the mid 80s carlisle became a stop-off point for a coach tour that used to start, I think it started somewhere in Scotland and it used to take you to Spain and it took about 40 hours on coach. That, <laughs> that seems quick from Carlisle. <laughs> Can you even get to Kent in 40 hours? There's so many, and look, look, if anybody is listening to this, there's a certain genre of person that went on this and they went to SRT and they went to Santa Susanna and it took 40 hours and the entertainment was like one VHS tape of Smokey and the Bandit and the catering was like Max Packs coffee and skips. <laughs> you got there and your legs were all swollen. And you got there and you were in Spain and you got. Oh, did off. you go with your family on this? Yeah, one? my mum and my dad and my little brother. And, you know, you got there and you bought a sombrero. And you bought. Why a sombrero? I don't know. I don't know why. This was that. And you bought a little stuffed. Um, the donkey. A little stuffed the sombrero, donkey. sombrero, I mean, it, I guess it's got a large rim to protect you from the sun. Yeah. But, but the donkey makes no sense. I have no <laughs> idea why. And, um, and it was magical, you know? It was, it was really, really, really hot. And we went to Spanish supermarkets for the first time. And you know that, you know, walking in and you see seeing like the exact same things as you got at home, but with an English name and all of this, it was marvelous. I don't know when I first got on a plane, but um, I think that was, you know, going back to Spain and things. It wasn't as exciting but, as the uh, So given how there's a talk of fish slices and skips and <laughs> fake coffee, how have you developed this love of food? Was it to do with, was travel the thing that kickstarted it? What was, what do was? You no, know, absolutely, because when I first got to London and started working in magazines and suddenly I had access to travel like I would never have had before. You know, I first got here in the 90s. Everybody had big budgets. And suddenly it was like, do you want to come to Vienna? Do you want to come to places I would never have gone? Um, And then to eat when I got there, to suddenly have my first taste in menus, to have really incredibly fancy Michelin star food to go to fancy restaurants I began to love up until that point I loved nightclubs I loved music I loved parties and then I realized when I started to travel that restaurants for me were the big it was the biggest buzz of all they're never the same twice they're infinite walking into a fancy restaurant 
is, is, is magical. It's a massive, massive buzz. And, and it's a way of see. I, I do believe this. It's a way of seeing the country as well, but with your mm. with your palate and your senses. Yes. I've got to ask you, mm-hmm. Grace Dent, food expert, gets off a plane. Do you just walk down the street, see what you fancy? Are you a trip advisor? Do you use the apps? Do you love a? Lo- I love a lonely planet. They tend to pick out quite the ones that the trip advisor might not pick out. Do you like mid range? You know, what's your yeah. strategy? Speak to someone on the front desk. Mm. Ask them where to go for dinner. Let them tell you and then ask them where to really go for dinner. There'll be somewhere that they want to push you, right? That they've probably got a deal with. Or or that they think that's where tourists would like because it's posh or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And they'll say, oh, you should go to this place down the road. And then say, where would you go? Where would where would you go? Where do you go? Where do you go on a Friday? And that is when they're going to come out with some beautiful family-run bistro. And they'll go, mm. oh, they'll look at you and they'll go, you'll need to get a taxi. And you'll go, it's absolutely fine. Mm. <laughs> I can do what, that. What a great tip. I, mean, I am a grown-up. I know how to use Uber. Where is it? It's yeah. three miles away. Fantastic. And then they'll always say, would you like me to get you... I can get you because they know the people. Yeah. And they'll tell you and then you'll have the greatest night of your life. Brilliant. I mean, it works with going out as well. That We were we mm-hmm. had, did New York just before Christmas and Lynn, me and Lindsay, we had the in-laws with us, meaning we can go out R&B partying. We saw a fellow on reception about six foot three and went, Lindsay, Lindsay's like, he'll know where to go for a good party. She went, where do you go? Well, ma'am, if you want to go dancing, I recommend this place. And then she went, come on. Come on. Where would you really go? And he <laughs> went... Well, okay, I'll go Brooklyn, but I wouldn't recommend... That's where I want to go, where you wouldn't recommend where you would go. Yes. And we had the best night ever. Exactly Winding that. and grinding till 2 a.m. That's it, but that's it. Where People would you really go? People from other countries will say, you know... Particularly it, for English, there's a stereotype that we want a more refined type of gentle experience. Yeah. But we don't. We, yes. want, we want the real experience. I want... It's like we're saying, you have to keep your wits about you and, say, and, and be safe. But, like, you know, Britain, yeah. we know... We, London, Manchester. London, Manchester, Your wit stay in the pub. all these places. We're all, you I don't know, keep my wits like... about me. They stay in the last drink. <laughs> so my second item. What is it? It's a dress with shoulder pads. Oh, yeah, I can see that now. And if you can see, it's got bits of leopard skin on it. It's got shoulder pads. It's made of garish material. And what this, this dress symbolises is so many items of clothing that I have that I bought on holiday. They made sense on holiday. (laughs) I took them home and put them in a drawer only for holidays because they look stupid in London. But then when I put them back in the case and take them on holiday, I don't wear them because they never suited me. Right. And I just buy more. I just add to it. I have got an entire wardrobe of clothes at home in London that really just make me look like Janet Jackson and the new power generation. I mean, that particular and... item looks like, you know those kids book where you turn three flaps and create a fantasy animal with <laughs> like cows, hooves and a fish, you said. Did you ever wear, do you wear it once on holiday, think it's amazing, yeah. then never to be seen again? I think one of my danger points on any holiday is the... Um, the boutique in the foyer of a hotel oh. where on about day four, I'm like, yeah, I just feel a bit loose and holiday vibe And there's nowhere else now. to shop, so that, that elevated you know, to the ultimate yeah, mode. Yeah, I am going to buy a cotton and gold encrusted diamante caftan 
and I and I'm going to wear it with this this lovely headband. That's what you should have worn in your passport. <laughs> FYI, and then you put it on, and it's probably deeply offensive to lots of people from different places. You've managed to culturally appropriate I've, all 172 <laughs> <laughs> So Culturally appropriate in so many countries that people just see you and they're not even offended. They just feel sorry for you, right? And it's that... I take it home and I put it all in a drawer. And then when I'm about to go on holiday again, I think, oh, I'll put that in. I'll put it in the suitcase. But you never wear it. I've got, no. an, I've got an Ibiza drawer and I'm banned from accessing it in London. Huh? Sun hats, yellow aviators, pearls, a recent addition, thanks to Harry Style. And my wife's just like, wear them and just don't come near me, basically. So what is it about being abroad where you just feel like you can be this crazy different person? There is definitely something about British people in that we have been, I mean... We've been brought up as Europeans, but we've lived in a very cold place where everybody goes to bed very early or goes out and gets hammered in a pub. And then we get to these places and it, it's not just, you know, Europe, it's, it, it's all over. And the weather's warm and it changes. Suddenly the weather, the, the sun on our skin and we feel sexier and the time <laughs> is suddenly people are eating late mm. and they're eating outdoors and they're drinking much stronger drinks. And I think you take away the stress of the daily grind of Britain and you add the sun and you add the late nights and you add the fact that, you know, you go down to eat dinner and there's just like these kind of lovely, glamorous Spanish families just sitting around having a lovely time. And the kids are up at 11pm, the nana's there. Up and everyone's having a lovely time. And I think after about four or five days... It's almost like the shackles of, of 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 the British experience is sometimes taken off you, mm. and you start to think, I would be different if I was here. Mm. I would be a different person. Sometimes it's a big mistake on holiday to waste your time when you are on holiday trying to prolong the experience. How many times have you got somewhere and instead of just enjoying being in Malta, you're in um an estate agent's trying to find out how much a house is. Yes, I've, I've done that. And it's trying Let's to... Let's move here. We'll move Let's in here. Let's move here. Yeah, I could be a different person and I would just sit in a house and... You know, how many times have you thought, I, oh, I, I would just grow olives? Mm. I'm a different person on holiday. I'm a happier person. It's, it's tough when you're northern, though, because I've got northern in-laws and like tea time, as they call it, even though tea's a drink. Yeah. Tea time is 5pm, is five, <laughs> is five yeah. so it takes a good few days to nudge them to even 7pm. feels Seven. adventurous for a northerner, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean... Could you imagine booking your northern family a 9.30 dinner table? Oh, it's tough. My daughter's more comfortable with it than my in-laws are. She's seven. <laughs> so I read a piece you wrote, an ode to Fanta Limon. Oh. On a holiday you took when you were 18 to play a Las Americas, oh, God. Tenerife. Yeah. Can you tell me about that trip and how it shaped you? Oh, darling. I'm really touched that you read that because it was in a women's magazine and I didn't think anybody had seen the it. Oh, Fanta Limon. Uh, that was a piece about uh, how when I drink Fanta Limon, Fanta Limon <laughs> sounds so sexy, mm. it takes me back to being 18 and going on a, I'm not even going to say a girl's holiday, I'm going to say a lasses holiday. Lasses, I went on a lasses holiday to play Las Americas in Ter Tenerife. And I don't, we weren't even staying in Play Las Americas, we were staying like no. about 11 and a Players half. Players de la Canada. Yeah, 11. <laughs> 11 and a half miles out. You know when you've kind of got the whole holiday for about 180 yeah, quid I know it well. and there's just bodies 
bodies on pull-down beds. Yeah, and, I know. And, you know air, no aircon. No aircon. Uh, no aircon in Spain. That's, that's like a rite of passage as a teenager, isn't it? And all I remember about that holiday was we went out. Every 14 days, we went out every single night without fail to play Alice Americas, and we danced in... Bobby's Bar, and which was a nightclub in a shopping centre. <laughs> and we drank Fanta Limon vodkas. And mm. it was absolutely wonderful. If I could go, if I think if I could go back to any point of my life and just zoop in and zoop out again, like in a, in a, in a time vortex, I would go in there and I would get hold of Fanta Limon Grace and go, you are really actually very beautiful. And you were never going to look like this ever make again. Make the most of it. <laughs> right. Well, you did make the most of it, didn't you? Spend the night snogging a fireman. Is, this, is oh, that the God. same holiday? Yeah. Getting off with a fireman. Oh, and God. got fire lifted after the snogging <laughs> session. Um, it was from Catford. Lee from Catford, are you out there? Do you know something? I bet if I was to speak to him now, he'd go, I wasn't even a fireman, Grace. No, exactly. <laughs> he would probably say, Do you He's know, in prison for fraud exactly. now. Exactly. <laughs> But it was, oh God, you know, being 18 years old and your full life ahead of you and just going out and, yes, yeah, snogging boys and eating Spanish omelettes and chips at 11 o'clock at night. I still like Spanish omelette and chips. Spanish omelette, you can't beat you do, it. If you make it your right. own. Just wanted... uncomplicated and simple and not expensive. Holidays don't have to be expensive. Well, I was going to ask you, has how much of your taste changed since since you become successful? Have you developed a taste for the finer things, or do you still like? Cause I mean, you, very God. often you'll speak to like really. Like, I work with Freddie Forster on the yeah. show, and and all the food's very fine, everything. But they have this weird sort of inverted snobbery taste for simpler mm-hmm. fare as well. So I'm wondering if you've yes. got done that full circle thing of going from Michelin star back to tortilla and chips. Absolutely. Oh God, yeah, you've made me think that is inverted snobbery. I <laughs> love, I love a posh holiday. Who doesn't? Mm. But what I find is that. Just because somewhere is just because you've spent thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds on a holiday and it's got lots and lots of stars, it doesn't mean that you everyone's going to be so lovely and genteel down by the bar. No, it's just a different type of irritating person. Yeah. And sometimes if it's <laughs> if it's a very very posh restaurant, you go there the first night, and you go there the second night, and then yeah, you want to go down to the little cafe to roads down and just have you know some grilled meat and some rice so yeah god everybody loves a nice hotel however as i say about most very posh places it's often fur coat and no knickers and Mm. what you'd rather be at was a premier in with your um with fur coat and no knickers on fur coat no knickers (laughs) and a jar of gold black (laughs) right let's dip into the hand luggage one last time for the Look, third and final the, item. The, the final part of the thing of my hand luggage is not in my hand luggage it's on my phone and this is an app where I have set cameras around my house to watch my pets sleeping. oh that's sweet I miss like I've got uh, I mean in my London talk us house, through the, uh, the full pack I've got, to, I've got to you know I live between two places um, I've spent a lot of time in London and in the Lake District uh, in London, I've got two very, very old geriatric cats, 17 years old, and uh, I just miss them, you know? Like, I I mean, I, I watch them when I'm up in the lakes as well. 
you know, my happiest times are just being able to see that they're all right. Mm. And we're the same. Exactly. Snoring. Just and I just watch a cat snoring. So I'm literally, you know, I'm sitting, I'm sitting in the south of France, sitting down to a Michelin dinner and, and Charlie, my bloke's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, Missy's asleep beside the shower. <laughs> No, that's sweet. I'm the same. We like, I like watching what my cats are getting up to in the garden. We've got we've got a cat proof yeah. garden. Yeah. Just seeing them go about their business. Sometimes I feel a bit guilty and they're yeah. they're in their tiny world and I'm travelling the world. I know they don't know uh, that, but you do anthropomorph you can't help it. I think that they are incredibly happy and that any animals that live with people like me and you have hit the lottery. True. There's that. Right? And the beautiful thing. I mean, I have a different relationship with my dogs that live up north with my family home up there. Like, you walk out the door and come back and they're just devastated that they've missed you for two seconds. But with the cats, they don't care. No. Oh, but although I am writing a book on cat breeds at the moment, and I can tell you now there is a massive variety. Anyway, I digress. I just want to speak to you briefly about uh, beaches because I know you've, you're you ambivalent about beaches. You love a hate relationship. You went on a trip with your mum that changed all that. Tunisia. <sighs> So you're a convert now. So tell us a bit about that trip and also tell us, you know, where are your favourite places to spend time by the sea now that you are newly converted to beach holidays? What was it you disliked about them? I think that I always associated beaches with being, God, this is like a therapy session with being <laughs> trapped. Because... Really? Most people see the ocean as expansive. As a little girl, whenever the sun shone in Carlisle, which was very rare, we would get put into the back of my mother's princess car and driven to the beach and the time span for how long we were going to be there was all day <laughs> and there was never any sun shelter and we didn't have any sunscreen this was like the 70s and we would go out to the beach which was near Sellafield <laughs> nuclear reprocessing plant and we would go and we would just cavort on in the sand and come back when we were peeling and I did love it. I look back at fond memories. Not from memories. the sun, just from the nuclear energy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that from then on, whenever anyone said, oh, we're going to go to the beach, I'd be like, how long for? And they'd go, oh, just for the full day. As I got older, I um, I love the beach now because I do it properly. I go and I get, a, I get a sun lounger. I've got my bikini. I've got my book. And I like the, uh, I like the sloth-like mm. Nature. That's why I like it. Life's so active. And you like people watching as well, don't you? I love that. I love, especially if you're at a resort and you, and you, do you do this with Lynn's? All the time. Go, Characters, You give voices. everyone a name. Yeah. You start to go, oh, medals is back. Or, don't, don't, <laughs> you, don't you find it depressing how easy it is to spot who's British? They don't need a book. Yeah. They don't need a magazine. You don't have to even yeah. speak. Oh, it's how we walk. We actually yeah. walk with our shoulders like in tight. We don't move our face when we're speaking. There'll be alcoholic drinks at 11 a.m. You can just spot the Brits a mile off. But I kind of love that. Yeah, me too. I love Let's it. Let's have it. San Miguel, 11.59 a.m. I love, every, I love seeing everyone's tattoos. I love seeing the <laughs> scars. I think that beaches aren't glamorous and sexy beaches are real we are all real and uh no no i i i like a beach now favorite place to go by the beach i'm going to say greece uh kefalonia kefalonia again kefalonia's come up twice in this series oh, what am i missing God. with kefalonia kefalonia is that the one that just is. got rated the number one island by in the... Uh, there was a Greek island survey last week. It I'm pretty sure Skiathos and Kefalonia were up there at the top you two. You fly into Rhodes. 
which is absolute chaos, right? <laughs> Rhodes is full of like all the girls that would have been on my lass's holiday yep. in Tenerife, right? Lots of and people then, pretending to be firemen. And then, <laughs> and then you get onto a little boat with all the people that look like they read The Guardian and you go off to Kefaloni <laughs> and you get off and you're just really relieved and then you get there and you go that. to your little place that you stay in and the food is great and it's like baked lamb you know, with you know, lots of preserved lemon, lots of beautiful rice, food oh, cooked God. by in these places where mm. it's just someone's really old mother who just keeps coming out of the kitchen occasionally and sitting on getting five minutes because she's about a hundred, but she's been cooking these recipes forever, and the food is incredible. And I went there during lockdown. We got this little little glimpse of being able to go away. I remember the summer of 2020 when you could just sort of get on an aeroplane and you timed it about right towards the end of the summer of 2020. Me and my friend Courtney and her little boy he was only about seven or eight and he couldn't swim and we just went to this hotel and they didn't have any guests because everyone had cancelled or not booked and we were the only guests and we knew the owner and every day I got in the pool with him and I taught him to swim and we just ate amazing food. Not the owner, your friend's child. Not the child. owner, my friend's child. Get in, get in. I lived here my whole life, but I never took into the I water. I'll teach you, babe, get in. You don't know any firefighting skills, do you? <laughs> Could you imagine? Before we go on to the quick fire round, I've got to ask you about our mutual love of buffets because of all the people I would have on this podcast you would be the last one I would think would be a fan of the buffet. I would be I would be embarrassed um, to share with you my passion of the buffet. Even am, when the ultra all-inclusive includes the fine dining restaurant, I still go to the buffet. You are absolutely right to do that because the, the fine dining restaurant, often in the hotel, it's nice once, but where do you really want to be? You want to be... When they first open the doors oh on that God. buffet, you're not messing around. You're not going for the late sitting. You're, you walk in just when everybody, those beautiful terrines after terrine after terrine of so world, world food, <laughs> non-specific world food. Look, I, not just on holiday, I love a buffet at any point in my life. And I've unashamedly bashed on about this for years. I think that... As a child, it's often our first food experience. You go to a wedding, you get taken along to something, a birthday party, and suddenly the doors open to the whatever, the, the function room, and you see, you know, the, the buffet going down the room. And I think that that energy, we spend all of our life trying to recreate that. I think that mm. when they took away buffets during lockdown in hotels and resorts. It, that was one of the, the saddest things for me. For mm. me, when they started putting out those terrines of like scrambled egg and sausages and stuff in the morning, it was like nature's healing. Mm. We're back. Now, you turned this passion into a project because you've just done a documentary as yes. well, haven't you? Can, can we see that? Is it out yet? Is it coming on soon? I made Million Dollar Buffet. I went to Vegas and... Uh, yeah, I mean, I've been to Vegas lots of times in my life. What the interesting thing about Vegas now is, I think that they we're moving away from gambling uh, and shows as their big draw. I think now it a lot of it is the food. It's the fine dining, mm. loads of fine dining, lots of buffets, lots of incredibly expensive $150 buffets where you go in and it's all prime rib and wagyu and caviar and things like that. Oh, I'm so. going to eat this microphone in a minute. For mm. God's sake, can I have some coriander on it? <laughs> 
Grace, we are now going to move on to the quick fire oh, round. Love a quick fire round. Number one, last minute trip or planned in advance? Last minute trip. Like, I'm a really good planner on the go. I like my bloke to drive and do the donkey work. He can put the ca- he can put the cases onto the thing and he can find the overnight parking and I will be there going bang, 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 bang and I'll find everything as we go. Teamwork. Yeah. Getting to the airport early or just on time? Uh, you've got to get there early because I like to I like to buy things in the airport. That's cropped I, up before. I like, I think that money spent <laughs> in an airport on handbags and shoes and accessories is not real money and also you can claim <laughs> it as a tax expense. True. Favourite beach destination? Miami. Really? I, I, I've had so many good times with friends going to South Beach. This was when I was younger, but yeah, you always make friends on the beach and then you go and party all night. Love it. Five-star resort or rustic retreat? Five-star resort. Five-star resort. Mm. Every time. I want to go somewhere where I want to immediately steal all of the bath products when I get there. Oh, and do. And I do. Point. I go without a wash all week just so I can stockpile. <laughs> where the towels are so fluffy you can hardly get your case shut at the exactly. end of the oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know the answer to this one. Pointless question to Grace Den. A la carte or head to the buffet? <laughs> head to the buffet every single time and eat like it's the last supper. Favourite city? <sighs> Buenos Aires. Aisle seat or window seat? Always the aisle. Yes, never, finally. Never, Do you know you're the first bloody person who's a, an aisle seat lover? Aisle seat, never get trapped in the window. Thank you. Never get trapped in the window. Rely on no one, don't want to ask anyone. Oh, it's finally someone who gets it. You go to the window seat, you have two minutes of pleasure looking out of the window, and then, and then, then the person goes to sleep. And, and, then, you. and then you have to wee yourself because you don't have right. to wet yourself. Thank you very much. Uh, who's your favourite travel companion? Oh, my bloke, Charles. Every time. Every time. He's, and I think one of the reasons that we're still together is because we are a good team when we travel. Lay in or early start? Early start. Early, early, early. Set the itinerary or go with the flow? I, I've had to learn how to go with the flow a lot more over the years. I think that, you know, like my, my family, uh, my bloke's family, they're all French and uh, they're quite organised. So I just I, I just have to be very... Very calm. Give up control. Let someone else do it. It can be liberating. Once you let go and someone else says, this is what we're doing, it's quite nice. Yeah. Ultimate bucket list destination, given you've been to most places. I have no experience of uh, China. Hmm. Where would you go? You know that train that picks you up in Moscow and I think it takes you to Beijing and it takes about five, six days. I would really love to do that. That's... That is my bucket list thing that I want to do. I wanted to do it with my dad. Me and my dad talked about doing it. And uh, for years, when when I was young and he was young and we never did it and he got dementia and then we couldn't do it at all and now he's dead. And I, there's a bit of me that's like, I'm going to bloody do that. Let's bloody do it. I'm going to bloody do it. Best travel memory, something that enriched you somewhere, maybe where you first discovered food, where you met someone you fell in love with, got a hobby... Whatever. One of the times that defines me was uh, I was a little girl from Curragh and Carlisle. I went to London and I got a job with a posh magazine and they said to me, do you want to go to Vienna in Austria? And they 
sent me first class. I'd never been first class anywhere. I think it structurally changed me at a DNA level, yeah, turning <laughs> left on that oh, plane. Oh, man, it's dangerously addictive. I, I got off and there was a person waiting for me with a little card that said Grace Dent. I thought that only happened in movies. Yeah. They took me to a, ho- a five-star hotel where I had a balcony and when I opened the doors of the balcony it looked onto an opera house I remember just thinking God I never want to not live like this and obviously you can't live like that no. all the time but it was but like I've arrived I've made it in I, life. Am, I, am I have from that moment on I have always thought I have never I haven't come this far for this to be all there is and I always think that there's not bigger and better and more expensive things out there but there is there's a big it's a big world mm. Grace Dent, thank you. Uh, before you go, what are you working on, apart from heading immediately to Channel 5's On Demand service to see that wonderful series about Buffet? Anything else we should? Any I'm, books coming out? Anything I, going to paperback? Uh, what are you doing? So much. So, uh, look, I am filming a show about Greg's the Baker at the moment, <laughs> which is going to be incredible, like very long series for Channel 5. And I have uh, Comfort Eating, the podcast is going into series five at the moment. Congratulations. It's the spin-off of that, the spin-off book, Comfort Eating, is going to be on shelves for Christmas. That's fantastic. Grace Dent, thank you very much. We have arrived. You may disembark and turn left. <sighs> I think me and you could literally just go on holiday together and we'd be fine. We're certainly going out for dinner. Thanks for listening to Pack Your Bags with Tui. Uh, please do share it with a friend. Please leave reviews. It really helps other people find the show. Um, we've got loads more to come, so please follow. Please subscribe. We're back next Wednesday with an author, influencer, general wisdom giver. It's Candice Brathwaite. So tune in for some serious advice bombs on everything from how to maximise your travel budget to how to balance travelling solo with time for family adventures. Basically, how to have it all. That's what this lady is excellent at. What is your ultimate foodie destination? Has all of Grace's chat about Kefalonia got you craving some authentic Kleftico? If you're ready to live happy on your own culinary adventure, then head to tui.co.uk to find the perfect travel experience for you. Pack Your Bags was brought to you by Tui and produced by Chalk and Blade.